Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. It is six minutes past 10, which means it is time to kick off the program. And today we find out more about iQuadrant, their property investing community right here in Singapore. They're membership based and have a 4,000 strong community of investors. So what do you get for your membership fee? What are the resources that this community can give you access to that the rest of us don't have our hands on? And how have the community's portfolios been performing? Benny Ong is co-founder and CEO of iQuadrant. Also a serial entrepreneur, Benny. Yes. Good morning. Welcome. Proud to be one. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. Fantastic. So iQuadrant started six or seven years ago. Tell us what it is. Basically, we started off as a learning platform. So for us, um, we are investor leading investors. So many of us bought into uh, industrial property early days of like five years ago, six years ago. So from there, we kind of preached a perspective where a Singaporean can own multiple property in Singapore Mm -hmm. on an asset that is not so desirable, like industrial. They are not so glamorous and beautiful, but they are high yield and high profitable. So we started from there and teaching people how to navigate through the space of choosing a real estate, increasing their portfolio wealth through real estate, you know, uh, outside of stocks and everything. Yeah. Then after that, it slowly progresses to more stuff like looking into their residential home, how to optimize that game. And right now, we are a global property company. Tell us about how you, the spread, I mean, where you're based, not just here in Singapore. Yeah. So we operate from Singapore, Malaysia, London and uh, Vietnam. Our main portfolio, so where we are excited and are invested in is in uh, city centre Manchester, London, Bali Villa will be exciting. A lot of people love it. And of course, uh, I personally uh, acquire hotels in Vietnam. Yeah. Wonderful. Now, tell us how you're, you were initially sceptical of this space. How did you get involved? Oh, really simple because I was in a digital marketing space for uh, many, many years. And I was approached by three friends who claims that they own multiple property, right? So I was just red flag all over, right? So <laughs> <laughs> I did my duty on them. They truly own those assets and uh, they have a unique approach to it, right? So we started off as a, I started off as a consultant helping them to grow this uh, new brand, right? Then I became one of the founder very soon because I believe in a mission and a vision behind it. And, uh, so you were the digital marketing team helping this brand and then you yes. became the brand. I became the brand, <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know what happened, what kind of powerful pitch they have, but I was I was sold to the vision so much, right? Because I guess, um, you know, sometimes when we buy stock, um, it, it's a one, but real estate move is like a need. Everyone does their real estate move in Singapore. So to me, it's, it's such an important thing that uh, people really get educated before they make their real estate move. Everybody wants item. multiple properties in Singapore, but the route, the traditional route is get married, buy that BTO, wait five years, sell it, get the, the pre- capital appreciation or maybe along the way buy your second property and then hope ABSD doesn't rise along the, the way to eat into your you know, resources and then you know, go that way. What are the sort of different strategies that you are advocating? So when we got started, right, there was no buyer tax as heavy as, as what we see right here in the market. So we were into the commercial space, very small sector of the commercial in Singapore space where we can even take 90% leverage. So our down payment was very little, was like 10% down payment. And that allows an average Singaporean to have that saving that they can afford to start buying more property rather than paying for ABSD. So that's one perspective. 
perspective. And then after that, once people get used to buying real estate, we want to look at global market to see how can we tap on bigger growth and stable asset as well. So we are mm. not here to go into emerging markets because we see the danger. So always city centre, always prime uh, areas. So is it fair to say you don't pool people's money in a fund that you then invest on their behalf? 100%. Um, this is a misconception because it's very hard to accept a Singaporean able to own multiple properties. Mm-hmm. So um, we do not do uh, collective uh, funds because it's dangerous. I think people need to be aware that you ultimately want to have ownership of real estate and that's the, why you're in real estate in the first place and not joining a scheme. Mm. That can be very dangerous, yeah. So what does iQuadrant offer? Is Are you basically an educational consultancy teaching people how to invest in industrial or overseas yeah. real estate? I think you sum it up better than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's precisely it, right? So we give money updates, market insight. When the government come out with new policy, we do our analysts. Our analysts go through the details and the data and, and we kind of just churn out what we predict where the market flows in the next six months. So that's what we do and a lot of people are making real estate decisions every month. So mm. we want to be as on point as possible on the shift and the gap in the market. Let's help our listeners out. So they've learned that rental occupancy um, limits have, re- have been raised from 6 to 8. This is for bigger HDB flats and for private homes as well, right? You don't have to be related. Mm-hmm. 6 to 8 unrelated people, not from the same family, can occupy and rent out yes. these HDB flats. What does this mean for the market? So generally to speak, if you raise from 6 to 8, you are growing 25% uh, more availability in every home, right? But on the trickle-down effect on the ground, it will not happen this way. Purely because, number one, uh, it's going to take a lot of money to renovate, partition to build two more rooms for more people to to rent. So the viability of people increasing that way will not happen. Number two, um, most people will then not invest and also will not start to have a big squeezy effect in the home. So yes, it will add some new um, the, uh, new supply into the market, but I'll say the net impact will be probably like a 10% growth in supply, which means you will see that the rent will drop, but not as much. However, as a landlord perspective, you are now being able to rent at a way higher rental yield. So the rent will not drop a lot, but there will be a big impact on capital appreciation because at the end of the day, when someone buy a real estate, they see whether they can pay off the mortgage, right? Yeah. So if you can rent to more people, you can afford more mortgages, which means that uh, even if the interest rate were to go up, which I highly predict it will not, you will still be able to hold true. So I would say 2024 is a very safe market. Let's not talk about crazy boom, but the real estate market is very prime for stability. Uh, for landlords or for entrances, and should you be looking at buying or should you be looking at, if you're a landlord, keeping what you have? You should always be upgrading every five years in my perspective. Mm. Really simply because you are looking at how effective your money is being deployed. So if you hold a home for 10 years, you pretty much have like 30% of the money that's stuck in the real estate. So you are now not very optimized. When we started buying real estate, we are putting only like 25% down payment. Yeah we are making a capital appreciation the upside of it so imagine now you have like a million stuck in the real estate mm-hmm. but the capital appreciation still don't grow as much right? it's still 2% a year 3% so when you look at this perspective of wealth building right, you want to always be exiting and buying into real estate so that you have your cash being very effectively deployed yeah. Okay, so um, in terms of the assets that your insights cover um, is it HDB private here in Singapore I, I know you're you're, you're looking globally as well, Bali villas you mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. Anything in Thailand? Villas no, in Thailand? actually, no. Mm, no, yeah. okay. For us, we look at the security or ownership as the number one primary safety net for uh, investment criteria. So if I join as a member, what, what do I have access to? The main bulk of um, learning comes from our main flagship program where we break down the fundamentals, the strategy. 
we call it the portfolio investment mastery because everybody have a different plan. Uh, you can't listen to a sell one, buy two approach, right? It's a very common saying that, oh, I sell a home, I buy two. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't work for most profiles. So you have to have a customized plan. Mm. The main part of it is also our monthly uh, research and insight. Mm-hmm. And every six months, we have a closed door event, which is only available for all the members. Mm-hmm. We call it a market leader summit, right? We close door. We do not announce the public. We announce what's our prediction over the next six months so that our community can make those moves before we put it into a public post of uh, our prediction. So Fantastic. I'm not trying do. to bang down the doors for the next <laughs> big event, but can you tell us about some of the predictions that have panned out? So we predicted the rise in the industrial property and we used the data from SARS. Unfortunately, nobody predicts uh, a pandemic will happen, but we used the SARS prediction to prevent ourselves from a black, black swan event and it turns out to be one of the strongest growth in the industrial. Which so year? We went in at five years ago, but uh, the biggest growth happened about pandemic about two years ago because a lot of companies were downsizing from commercial units. Right. They still had to store their goods, you know, still had to park things around. So there was a huge demand surge in industrial. We predicted the growth in landed property in Singapore as the new launch for beta was pricing so high inching in into landed space right we know that it's a simple option for people to say hey maybe it's just a 50k or 100k more I will be able to get a landed home and it's freehold right so I will just do that jump right so that had one of the strongest growth over the last three years not this year but two years ago right and many of our community members went into it and of course resale property as well in mm. um, Arjunit area we are particularly looking at it right and people have very strong Why Arjunit? Near Pai Labor? Yes but mainly generally for real estate it's always price right so we are looking for uh, is this still industrial properties that we're talking no, about no no we're talking about a new launch right oh, now oh so, new launches okay. yeah yeah so, so the new launch the resale condo so we, we really predict on the wide spectrum on Singapore real estate if the commercial space one day were to be opened up for investment opportunity we'll be the first to jump in unfortunately we th- we still think it's over oversupply now overpriced so that's why we are not in the big commercial areas so in terms of so I I, I know who my listeners are right and they're, they're interested in residential properties mm-hmm. What were the opportunities for 2024? Oh, so we identified two very simple games. Number one will be the typical EC game because new launch is getting so high priced and Singaporean couldn't really accept the new condo price and the size. Generally, if you look at Singapore, it is made out of homeowners, which means upgrading is the big part of the movement. And when it comes to HDB upgrader, the amount of money additional to top up for a new launch condo is just too big of a sum and the demand will shift to EC. So I know when demand shift, price grow, right? So there's one big space. And secondly, will be the older freehold resale condo. Because right now, when you look at the older freehold resale condo, their PSF is really affordable and it's soon enough for the market to catch up to say, hey, you know what? If I don't want an EC, I still want a good location. Resale property would be the way to go. So I see these two as a big market and people are very worried about interest rate. And on that perspective, there's a big room for negotiation when it comes to buying a property because landlords are worried that they'll be selling out slow. What do you mean there's big room for negotiations? Because in resale space, we do not buy a price that's fixed by a developer, right? We're going in and we are playing with the market sentiment and if interest rate um, there's a big concern right now yeah. movement will be slow less buyer which means if you are buying mm-hmm. you have big negotiation power oh I see so you can use the climate to your advantage 
missing yes, definitely, in yeah. terms of the kind of price that you can mm-hmm. offer because it's a buyer's market as it you see it. It is a buyer's it. market. Do you think things will change next year when we expect interest rates to go down? I think you will still be at a buyer's market because you the market always lags behind by six months to nine months. So when they fully responded, right, the, usually the big opportunities are over. People mm-hmm. don't really buy Bitcoin on early days. They buy when during the hype, right? So it's always the case. So even as real estate <laughs> as well. So when they start to see price drop, they're still skeptical it might drop further. Yeah, right? yeah. The, people, the, the early birds will snatch in and when the, when the market start to stabilise, mm. they go, oh, now is the time, right? So the market always lag behind by six to nine months in Singapore when it comes to the big movement. So if you're going to go in early, that would be the smart choice, especially on Q1. So people are always wondering uh, with these programs, are they going to cost me thousands of dollars in order to <laughs> learn from, from Benny? Yeah, I think um, uh, a, a program investment ultimately determines your whether you will, is it worth it by the ROI, like, how much you make, right? But uh, what we do here is we are doing it at a dollar a day so our membership is at $360 a year and uh, right now it's, it's lifetime so uh, it's, it's really affordable for people to get the knowledge they need to make real estate decision that is relevant for themselves and in fact um, they don't even have to make their real estate decision with us they should find their trustable uh, agent to make those big calls but they should get the unbiased research from us Who are the people coming up with these insights? So I mean, we, you're extremely we have, convincing We have like a full time like six team members just churning out data every day looking at occupancy rate looking at shift in market doing real estate uh, prediction and as a founder team as investors ourselves we do a lot of uh, dialogues and a lot of debate about how do we see policy shifting uh, Singapore market do you do any a- modeling with uh, you know AI or algorithm I-, I wish we are AI enabled right so I have more time but as of now we are using a protocol called a gap analysis mm. where what we are trying to do is to look at real estate pricing gap because when there's a gap uh, you will be free up in the market so um, the real estate market doesn't function totally in a perfect world scenario right for example like why would lender be suddenly so close to a four beta new launch price right so these are what we call gaps of opportunity so we have a process a protocol called the gap analysis that we put in all the data then we identify a few key gaps but it's a good suggestion though I should put into AI so we'll be a little bit faster yeah, <laughs> thank but. you I'll just take 2% Benny Ong <laughs> is co-founder and chief executive officer of iQuadrant they are a community uh, you can get access through membership they're membership based currently 4,000 strong no upper limit right because it's a virtual community. Yeah, no, but our goal is to get to 10,000 in Singapore. Yeah. Hey, good luck with that. <laughs> so when you say your iQuadrant community portfolio of 250 million, you, you're just talking about how much your individual members have invested in real estate? Oh, I, I, let me let me beat you with, with a, 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 big, a crazier number. That is just capital appreciation by the community member. It's not actual real estate value. So we take the entire community member and how much they have gained from our insights and decision, right? Quarter billion dollar of capital appreciation over the last five years that we are very, very proud about. Yeah. Quarter of a billion? Yeah, 250 million of capital appreciation. Over five years? Over five years. Divided by 4,000 members? I would say that would be, uh, I mean, some people are more action taker, right? more real estate. Some just fix their Singapore resi game, which is like a two, three hundred thousand upside. But yeah, generally, if you take the average, uh, it's a good average. Yeah. It is good. It's, it's a good wonderful. Average, yeah. So when you started this company, um, can I call it a company? It iQuadrant? is a company. It yeah. is, yeah. Five, six years ago, you joined these mm-hmm. founders who were already in this game, right? They, they were starting out. Oh, they were yeah, starting. They're starting. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm almost like three months behind them. So I'm as good as starting with the company together with them. What happened to your other businesses? You were a serial entrepreneur up to then, right? 
Yes. So what happened was um, we decided to then surround ourselves by merger and acquisition some of my key businesses into this holding group right now. So I'm currently a group CEO of this holding. So the main brand is iQuadrant. We, I absorbed my marketing company into it. We bought over a production house. So yeah, so I, I run these businesses with the different founders to, to create the, the magic in iQuadrant. What happens in the other geographies? So some of them are back-end office mm-hmm. because um, we have a full, fully um, custom app that was is run by our Vietnam team. So we bought over the Vietnam team. It was previously one of my partner's business as well. So we, an app? We, yeah, yes, we have app. Our, our community run by a mobile app as in like, so they can get access to the class, they can get membership uh, perks and also we run it super tech-based. Tech oh, yeah. oh, so, so it's a, like Masterclass, the app. So the, Everything yeah. is through the app. So when you say newsletter, it's not like an email newsletter. Yeah. It's all on this uh, platform. They will sign up for new Zoom class, they want to get uh, our custom uh, real estate calculator tools. They're all inside. Yeah, they want to get access to uh, loan financing and all that. They are one button away from our network. Yeah. Sounds like a dream. <laughs> I wonder been... why these real estate companies, bigwigs, haven't come up with that. I, I think it's like different, this. right? Because <laughs> uh, for us, we are very investor-led and not homeowner purchase-led. So our decision-making is very primed to wealth-building. Oh, that's really so interesting. So we just serve a way niche audience and we do not look at the beautiful balcony, the dream of having that view, you know. So that's not us, you know. So You just want to make people money. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, bluntly to speak, that's, that's literally it, yeah. Fantastic. And how has iQuadrant been performing if we take a step back and just look at the business? I think I'm very proud of a very dynamic, fluid team that able to shift everything online during COVID. So there are some credits that um, no business owner should, should take. But it's a blessing from God or spirit, right? Because we are just in an industry that is slightly more blessed that we are not, you know, hit by COVID as hard like an F&B business. Mm. So we are very blessed. We can just take you're everything sheltered, online. sheltered, yeah, because yeah. you're all online. In fact, it forces us to scale online, yeah. which is now we can serve way more people than traditionally booking a training room to teach them. You know, thinking back just a few years ago, it sounds so old school, right? Just to gather people on a physical event. But we still do that. But my point is, um, yeah, so we survived through uh, comfortably because because of our industry that we are in, but we, we took that to the next level by really scaling it and, uh, and dropping the price really affordably because now it's online. So more people can get access to knowledge rather than paying for seminar spaces, right? The REIT space is always really popular, right? So um, what do you see happening in terms of, and, and some REITs have been suffering next year mm-hmm. for S REITs. Is this an area that you cover, first of all? <laughs> Maybe I have an opinion on that I can, I can share. Sure. So personally, I'm, I'm a big proponent of... Um, knowing what you are investing in. Mm-hmm. If you are getting into REITs expecting like a few percent return, might as well buy fixed deposit and a high high saving bank account because you could just buy a bank stocks, right? So my take is you have to really decide whether you are a real estate investor that makes 15, 20% a year or you are a stock investor that are looking for the moon stock, right? So you, mm. you don't want to go in the middle ground where you're making just like a few percent in REITs because that is just, to me, blatantly like not serious about real estate portfolio decision that to, to really make a stand at what you want to do. So for me, mm-hmm. you might as well be a privileged banker and get a 5% yield, right? And then in the bank and you have zero risk. So that's mm. my perspective on, on retail. Yeah. That's a very interesting perspective. Can I just twist it as an angle and say, do you have to be gutsy to join this uh, membership community and make something with mm. your money? I, I think the answer I would like to present is a no. However, real estate decision is a big ticket item. I think I get used to it. 
because you know I've been doing it for many years. But for everyone who is making their first real estate investment decision, it's definitely very scary. I mean, taking a mortgage that is of like hundreds of thousand and putting a down payment at like anywhere between a hundred to two three hundred thousand dollars, right? So it's definitely a gutsy move. But you soon realize how stable real estate market is, especially if you stick to Singapore, and you have pretty much um, a very safe trajectory ahead. So I would say it's safe, but for new members, it mm. is really scary. Why are you so passionate about this area? Why not just keep investing? You're so successful. You've built up your own portfolio, I'm sure, property investing. Why teach others, I suppose? Uh, n- number one, I mean, honestly, it is a very fulfilling business. I mean, you, you got to see family life change. You know, they bring their kids over at Chinese New Year um, gatherings and they talk about, the kids talk about mortgage better than the parents. Right? It's <laughs> really interesting. I think we are really transforming family through financial literacy. I think that's a big mission that we, we believe in. And secondly, I think the market is so big. Uh, me making my real estate decision doesn't affect someone else's real estate decision, right? So it is not in a in a very win-lose situation whereby who's going to go in first makes the most, right? It doesn't work this way. And last but not least, we believe in this thing called the strengths in numbers. We want to make sure that we have the strongest consumer-led demand in the market, right? Because why are people queuing up on the street buying real estate, right? Like as if they're buying vegetables and not treated with respect, right? I mean, we are the one that is buying with our demand and cash, right? And I think the market needs to favour buyers a little bit more. And our mission is to tip that curve to really represent buyer to have a more unbiased view and really to consolidate demand and sometimes even get a better deal from the developer and that's what we have been doing so we want to go to the developer to ask for a better deal as, as a community buying our own individual unit yeah so one thing that I would has like has it sh- happened yet no right uh, it has been happening so my unit I bought at 4% uh, below market value because your other members bought into that because unit all of us went in to buy one unit by ourselves and we consolidate 20 units so if you bring this opportunity to the developer, right, some of them will entertain you and say, hey, you know what, you're an honest buyer, you guys are fast, I can give a few cuts of a discount, you know, just for it to be cheaper. So apart from the information that you get by joining as a member, you might also get a discount? You 100% want a discount, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's a goal, right? <laughs> the, the thing about real estate is really about how, how cheap you enter after, after big, knowing that it's a good real estate, right? I mean, it's still price sensitive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The it, only thing you don't do is sell it and buy it for them, right? We don't, we don't, we don't, yeah. We, we have another entity that, that uh, is our sister brand that, that does it as a licensed agency. Oh. Okay. For license sake, I think we, we, we went through the whole process to, to go through so that if we ever make any uh, legal advice like what to buy in real estate, we want to do it properly. Mm-hmm. But our members uh, usually uh, flow with their real estate agent that they are comfortable with. So they have no obligation to deal with us. I'm going to give you the final word, Benny. What do people need to know about investing in real estate next year, 2024? Accept the current price because this is the market and know that you will still steadily grow. So keep investing, stay invested and be safe by having more unbiased research. Fantastic. Lovely to get to know you. Thank you for coming by. Thank you. Benny is my guest today, Benny Ong. He is the co-founder and CEO of iQuadrants. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.